comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just in a spontaneous moment, just to reflect on that, would you join with me in a cappella as we sing Silent Night, Holy Night? Just the first verse, and I'll call out the words. Uh, one, two, three. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. All is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin. Round yon virgin, mother and holy infant so tender and mild. Holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly Everything that I just read in Luke chapter 2 has an emotional feeling completely opposite of the way Luke is writing. Everything that Luke wrote makes it seem like it was a smooth, quiet ride, but emotionally it was so chaotic. Just picture this. Luke says, and Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of Bethlehem. Galilee to Bethlehem is 90 miles <laughs> So when the scripture says he got up from Galilee to go to Bethlehem, it's like saying, we had a little incident. It was called World War II. It's such, it's such an understatement for Luke. Secondly, he says, and Mary his betrothed with child. And as our elder Nathan hit so well, that was not a simple thing. His betrothed was already with a child. Betrothed is the preparation, like an engagement to be married. And Luke says, by the way, Mary, his betrothed, was with child. And lastly, I think the women can relate to this more. I always cringe as a guy when I read this because I know having, after having three children, delivering birth is not like such a mansplaining kind of thing. And Luke says, and she gave birth. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know there's any women that said, oh, by the way, I gave birth to a child last week. It was nice. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And it's so peaceful. It's so poetic and beautiful. And you can't possibly believe that this night was truly a silent night. There's a picture that became popular last week, last year, of, of a real-life photo of Mary giving birth. It was, it was tastefully done. And she's screaming, and Joseph is going like this, and it's a night of chaos. So how was this a peaceful, poetic, silent night, holy night, beautiful night? Well, we hear from the angels, there's something bigger going on. In Luke, the angel said, fear not, for behold, 
I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Underneath the chaos of what we see, there's a cosmic plan unfolding that God is bringing salvation to you and me. Underneath the chaos of a birth of 90 miles of traveling with a pregnant uh, betrothed, we see God is saying, just like I planned. Underneath your chaos of your life and the chaos of this world, God still holds and has us in his hands. This is our God. Nothing was a surprise. Nothing was a shock. This was all in the plan of God. And we read that and heard about it over the past few weeks in Advent, that this Christmas was prepared hundreds and thousands of years through Isaiah, and then eternity, God in his mystery knew that this was going to be the way. So, Emmanuel, God with us, what should this do to us? And I want to wrap up this uh, special worship with these kind of thoughts for us to walk home with Christmas. Not to just feel it, not to just say that was beautiful, but to be challenged by it because in seven days we start a new year. And in seven days, maybe it's an opportunity to say, I want to realign where my heart is with God. I want to realign my thought, the way I live, not because I want to do better, but because I want to glorify this God who deemed us worthy enough to save us with his son. So first, if Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and he is God, the first thing this should do to us, standing sitting here, it should completely humble us. You know, uh, there's a classic, uh, I learned many uh, lessons growing up in, in marriage, but now in 2022, what's the worst gift you could give to your wife? Like a vacuum cleaner? Uh, what's the worst gift you could give to your wife? Like, like gloves for washing dishes, right? It, it, yeah, we would cringe at that thought. And Peloton last year got in trouble because it made, they did a commercial where the husband bought his wife a Peloton. And it's, it's an expensive gift, but everybody ripped on it like, whoa, what are you trying to say? But when God gives us a savior in Jesus Christ, it's just in the message. Not in a cringy way, but in a way that humbles us to say, wait a minute. If God is willing to give up his only son, why? What does that mean for me? It means we are not okay. And that's okay. It means we are not in good hands at the moment. And that is good. Because we have a savior who has come to take care of our biggest need. And it's not just to be loved. It is not just to have a purpose in life. It is to be saved from sin and separation from God. And this child born to this teenage girl, Emmanuel, is our savior. It humbles us. So this is not just for the drug addicts, for the poor people, for the third world countries. This is for the coach of the high school. This is for the perfect family. This is for the man who's living a great life career-wise and family. Every single one of us needs the Savior, and it humbles us to say, Jesus, we welcome you. Secondly, if this is Emmanuel, God with us, Christmas should redirect our lives again and again. And this is our final thought. How will you let Christmas change you? 
is to recognize that we can look at this manger and this story of Jesus' birth and say this, not say this. We cannot look at Christmas and walk away saying, now I can live any way I want. We can't look at a baby Jesus born in the manger and say, this is God Emmanuel, and say, that is beautiful. Now I will live any way I please. The king is born. If he is king, what does that make us? His servants. And that's a good thing. This is a good king who welcomes all people. Shepherds. He welcomes foreigners, the magi. He welcomes the least of these. In fact, he goes to the least of these. And so Christmas should humble us before God in this way and say, here is the one in whom I will trust and give my life for the rest of my life. Tim Keller quotes J.C. Ryle, and I wanted to read this. There are thousands of men and women who go to churches and chapels every Sunday and call themselves Christians. Their names are in the baptismal registry. They are reckoned Christians while they live. They are married with a Christian marriage service. They are buried as Christians when they die. Listen. But you never see any fight about their religion of spiritual strife and exertion and conflict and self-denial and watching and warring. They know literally nothing at all. Such Christianity is not the Christianity of the Bible. It is not the religion which the Lord Jesus founded and his apostles preached. True Christianity is a fight. If you didn't understand, because it took me a few times to read this, it's a fight because if Jesus is king and we say, not my way, but your way, not my will, but your will, it's going to start a fight in your heart every single day because we want it our way. And that's a good thing. It means you're alive. It means you've been awakened by the Holy Spirit to know the truth and to follow the way and the life. If you didn't have a fight, J.C. Rowell is saying, is, that's a problem. Oh, I'm a Christian. You know, I'm okay. Things are good. Everything's fine. No, I don't need anything from you. It's okay. No, for Christians, we say, I need your prayers. We need to walk together. I need, I need the Lord's grace every moment. I'm a pastor, and God, Jesus, I can't do this without you. I can't even be a good dad without you. It's a fight because our fleshly side will always battle with our spirit, God's spirit. And so if Jesus is Emmanuel, what this means is you're going to have a fight. But here's the good news. The war's already been won. Each of us has the greatest weapon to fight this fight called the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. And Jesus Christ will claim us regardless at the end when we put our lives in him. This is Emmanuel, God with us. He is not a sentiment. He is a life changer. And so what will you do today? Let us adore him. Let us worship him. Let us commit and recommit to this Christ King for the rest of our lives. And may everything you do and say, glorify God, and to worship and adore him as the angels do until the day he returns. Amen.